How many of you were able to come to the concert last Sunday night? Raise your hand. Okay. Scott, uh, Ben, Meredith, and Melody, thank you for uh, music today and worship. Uh, but Scott, on behalf of the congregation, uh, great job on the concert. Congregation, did you express your appreciation? We're in John chapter 10, so find your Bibles, John chapter 10. We're going to be looking at the first 10 verses, John chapter 10. Uh, how many of you have been scammed or frauded by somebody? Raise your hand. How many of you have been cheated? Has any of you ever been mugged by a robber? Okay, a couple of you have, all right? So we're looking at John chapter 10, and John chapter 10, to understand John chapter 10, the good shepherd... You want to get behind the good shepherd. Now, the good shepherd is Jesus, but the good shepherd wants little shepherds following the good shepherd. And you might be a mom, you might be a dad, you might be single, you might be married. You've got to make sure that you're following good shepherds, okay? So Jesus is the good shepherd, so if little shepherds are following the good shepherd, you know you're safe. But when little shepherds are starting to steal and abuse and lie and cheat and mug, you know you're not following the good shepherd. So in John chapter 10, Jesus gives us an explanation about the good shepherd. Now, John 10 immediately follows John 9. And John 9 is a story of a bunch of lousy muggers, lousy thieves, uh, church leaders, metaphorically speaking. They were Jewish leaders back 2,000 years ago, and they were constantly lying against the truth. They were cheating. They eventually would crucify Jesus. So they were committed to do anything that they could do to keep their power position. So when you stop and go forward and think about as a husband, as a as a wife, as a pastor, as a counselor, as a friend, who am I following when I try to lead someone else, all right? Because when you open your mouth in one way or another, you're going to have influence over other people. So you want to make sure you're influencing in the proper way. So John chapter 10, verse 1 says this, truly, truly, how many of you, when you say your prayers, how many of you say amen? At the end of your prayers. All right, you see that little phrase, truly, truly? In Greek, that's transliterated from the Greek, amen. 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 What does amen mean? So be it. It means surety. It means absolute truth. So Jesus is trying to push to this group that's following him, This group that's following him, he's trying to get their attention. He said, look, I'm telling you the truth. This is something you can bet on. Now, in this group that's following him is a mixture of people. There are some disciples. There are some true believers. There are some people who are seekers. And then there's also this mixture in this group that are cheaters, liars. They're thieves. They're muggers. They're robbers. Those are called the Pharisees. So there's a mixed group following Jesus around Jerusalem, and it follows John chapter 9. Remember, John chapter 9 is the blind man. And remember the Pharisees tried to roll the blind man, kangaroo court, 
because the blind man said Jesus healed him. They weren't going to accept that. So they literally tried to roll the blind man away from the truth into a lie. Why do people steal and cheat? Because they want to control. They want to have power. So watch this. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, you being pretty much mixed group, the one who does not enter, the one... That would be like a Pharisee. That's a bad leader. That's a person that's trying to scam you. The one who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is, say it, a thief and a robber. Now, friends, look at verse 1, and if you want to remember one word, would you write the word boundaries in the margin of your Bible? That verse 1 is loaded with boundaries. In our culture today, 21st century America, we don't want boundaries. A lot of people, they just want to violate all kinds of right and wrong. Jesus saying, no, there are boundaries. There are boundaries that you have to follow. So it says literally, there's the fold of the sheep. So picture a huge sheep pen. There's one door into the sheep pen. And the walls of the sheep pen are designed to protect the sheep. You need protection. And God has designed boundaries for our benefit. The walls around the sheep pen are there to protect you, but you got to stay inside the sheep pen. The door is there. One door is designed to be an entrance door to access the sheep. But there are people that won't go through the proper entrance. They are literally liars and cheaters and scammers. And if you haven't met very many of them, just open your eyes because you can just see in the world is full of them. By the way, did you know what the difference between a thief and a robber is? Anybody? Anybody? What's the difference between a thief and a robber? A thief will just steal from you. But a robber will be violent when they steal. So a robber will physically do something to hurt you and try to steal from you. So Jesus is trying to emphasize there are people at varying degrees that are going to try to take advantage of you. And he's saying these Pharisees in chapter 9, they're thieves and robbers. And they're in our midst. Believe me, Jesus is saying, they won't go through the proper front door. That's a boundary. How many of you lock your doors at night? How many of you don't? How many of you give your passwords to your checkbooks? How many of you give your passwords to all of your electronic uh, securities? How many of you just publish them on social media? We don't do it. Why? Because there's thieves out there. A lot of us have got to back up every day and recognize there are boundaries that God has created for humanity. Why? Because people want to uh, abuse them. And you've got to protect them. And if you're not a smart shepherd, people will come along and they will literally steal from you. And in some cases, they'll actually do violence. And eventually, the good shepherd is crucified by the same Pharisees he's talking to right now. Don't waste a moment on someone that is not trustworthy. If someone's going to lie to you, if someone's going to fraud you, back up. Get a second opinion. Find someone that you believe you can trust because Jesus is saying there are thieves and robbers in this world. Look at verse 2. But the one 
who enters by the door, that's the proper way. The boundary to get to the sheep or through the door is a shepherd. Shepherd is an overseer, a leader, someone who guides, someone who protects the sheep. Verse 3, to him, the shepherd, the doorkeeper opens the door. And the sheep listens to his voice and calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now let's pause for just a moment in verse 3. You see where it says the doorkeeper opens? Back 2,000 years ago, all the shepherds would go and take their sheep out into the field by day. And then at nighttime, they would all come back to the village one by one leading their flock. Picture maybe 20 different shepherds leading a bunch of different flocks. And they're all coming into one big sheep pen. And this sheep pen is now filled with all kinds of sheep from different folds. What do the shepherds do? They bring their sheep into the sheep pen and then they go home and sleep. They go home and sleep. They go home and sleep. The next day, they come back one by one. Who's guarding the sheep? A doorkeeper. So the shepherd comes up and the doorkeeper recognizes the shepherd and the shepherd just begins talking. And what happens? The particular flock that belongs to him starts listening to his voice because that voice is trustworthy. As a matter of fact, that shepherd knows the name of every sheep. And one by one, the shepherd, the sheep of that shepherd leave that sheep pen and the rest of the sheep will stay right there. Why? Because those sheep in that fold trust the voice of that shepherd. What it's saying here is to him that the doorkeeper opens, the sheep listens to his voice. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to listen really well for God. Listen well for Jesus. There's lots of voices. I wish I could tell you story after story how many people tell me they heard a voice telling them to do something. How many of you have voices talking to you? Raise your hand. You have multiple messages in your brain, right? Lots of people do. I'm not going to say you're crazy if you raise your hand. Al Fadi over here, he has all kinds of voices listening to him. Speaking to him. Right now? It's amazing. I get up on any given day and I can have multiple voices in my head talking to me. Right? You need to make sure you're listening to the right voice. What's the right voice? The right voice is the voice that agrees with the good shepherd Jesus. You have to tune your spirit to the good shepherd. That's because for years you're following the right, trustworthy shepherd. Those of you that have been around Christianity for a long time, you understand exactly what I'm talking. And it, over the years, over the years, you recognize that's truth and that's a lie. That I can follow and that I cannot. The text says, interesting here, that the, he calls his own sheep by name. The sheep listens to his voice and leads them out. It's amazing. Robin, Terry, Anthony, Ben, think about it. 
Name your name. Megan, name your name. God knows your name. Jim, back there, Coleman, turns 95 in a couple of weeks. And the shepherd, the good shepherd, knows his name. Every day, move to the narrow path. Every day, get behind Jesus. Because you're going to be tempted to follow all kinds of voices. And there are people that try to scam you. And worse, they will abuse you. Even your own family and relatives and people in the church will try to scam you. Be careful. The text is simply saying the sheep listens to the shepherd's voice and the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Out of the sheep pen, leads them out, verse 4, and when he, the shepherd, puts all of his own sheep outside, the shepherd goes ahead of them. Who are you following? You want to follow the good shepherd. And the sheep do what? Follow. Follow. If you know someone that's trustworthy, follow them. But don't follow someone that's not trustworthy. Don't follow a liar. Don't follow a cheat. Don't follow a fraud. Don't follow a scam. You'll just go further into misery. But someone that you can trust you get to know their voice. You get to know their heartbeat. They know you. There is a level of intimacy. He goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they... See that word know there? Right above the word know or in the margin, write oide. O-D-I-A. That's Greek for intimate knowledge. How many of you have a an IRS-type CPA accountant? How many of you have an accountant that helps you with your taxes? Okay? Do you want them doing your taxes, but they don't really know the paperwork? How many of you want to go to the doctor, but the doctor really doesn't know your records? You see, that word oide means they know his voice. They trust him. Trust the good shepherd. Trust him. Trust Jesus and trust anybody who follows and sounds like and gets behind Jesus. Trust him, but don't trust a thief. Verse 5, however, a stranger, they simply will not follow the sheep, but will flee from the stranger because they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6. Jesus told them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what the things which he was saying to them, what they meant. So Jesus, being patient, said to them again, Amen, amen, fact, fact, surety, surety, truth, truth, I say to you, I'm the door. I'm the door of the sheep. All those who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep 
did not listen to them, like the blind man. I want, I'm asking you today to be the blind man. Trust him. Trust Jesus. You can't see it. You can't understand it. You can't figure it all out. But through Jesus Christ, you will find life. You will find somebody that will not abuse you. It's interesting. Verse 9. I am the door, Jesus says. Anyone enters through me, he will be, say it, saved. That word means protected. Do you believe it? I do. I do. A lot of us want protection 24 hours a day. I'm saying this is it right here. Now, I don't know how he's going to protect me. I don't know how he's going to protect you. It doesn't mean there will never be any physical problems. It doesn't mean that you'll never have problems in life. But it says you'll be saved. I take it at his word. It says literally, he will be saved. I think that's speaking of salvation, forgiveness. Here's your access to heaven. But I think it's also beyond that. It's that you have the good shepherd watching over you and caring for you. And watch this. And will go in and out and find pasture through the door, through Jesus. You're going to find life, safety, food, rest, pasture. But the thief, verse 10, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And then those beautiful words from Jesus. I came so that they would have life. When you walk away from Jesus, how, how bad is life? Is bad. When you get behind Jesus, life is much, much better. And have it abundantly the best possible. Let me give you an example of some of this. This morning I came to church, got here, and the answering machine, red light is on. So I hit the button, and a man from our church called the office and left a voice message for me. A lot of you don't know this man. It's because he has a disability son. The son is now 20 years old paraplegic, all kinds of disabilities. This dad has been taking care of this disability son for 20 years. Been a part of our church, this family, for a ballpark 25 years. And here this dad is making this phone call. He gets to the point of saying, Roger, could you help? And I'm thinking... Could you help my son? I'm thinking that's what he's going to ask. I'm thinking, Roger, could you help my family? Picture a paraplegic, picture someone who is physically disabled, all kinds of problems, and they're a part of your family, and you cared for them for 20 years. And he calls the church for help. What's he going to ask? This dad's name is Roger Walker. Some of you know him, and some of you have seen this 20-year-old son grow up in this church. 
This dad has been faithful to this son. Faithful in every way possible. And the dad leaves the message on the phone, on the answer machine. Roger, I have a friend who needs help. Would your church, would our church be willing to help my friend? This dad doesn't ask help for his son. He doesn't ask help for him because apparently their needs are being met. But he's asking this church to help someone else. Ladies and gentlemen, that dad, Roger Walker, that dad's a good shepherd. You see, a lot of us are going through life and we're just wanting to get all of our needs met. You're going to have to pause. Jesus steps into this earth and he says, I'm going to sacrifice everything I have to be a good shepherd. And in the rest of John chapter 10, he eventually will give up his life for every human being in this room. And here's Richard or Roger Walker, 20 years carrying the burdens of a fully disabled son, and he loves his son. And he also loves other people. And he has enough about him to say, would our church be willing to help someone else? Those of you that are walking through life, get your eyes off of yourself. I'm asking you to get behind Jesus and follow Jesus and let him be your example of a good shepherd. You got problems, yes, but the good shepherd will take care of you. The good shepherd is saying, don't be a thief. Don't steal. Don't abuse other people. Don't take advantage of people around you. Jesus said, I came that you would have life abundantly. As you walk through your life, listen, compassion, compassion. It's a big deal for Jesus. He's a good shepherd because he's going to sacrifice it all to help people. You know what the world needs? The world needs real people who really care. And I'm telling you, that's costly. But when a dad who's been carrying a burden for 20 years, a disability son, has the courage and the compassion to say, can our church help my friend? That shouts to me what a good shepherd looks like. I want to be a good shepherd. A couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to talk to my grandkids about money. One thing Jesus has taught me in my life is it's better to give than to receive. And through the years, God has taught me with my money that I can help people by giving. How so, Roger? It's called the 10-10-80 principle. Bible has taught me through the years that I save 10% permanent savings. Never spend that 10% and just let it build as a savings account. Because someday in the future, that's going to be a huge, huge salvation to you. Save 10 pennies for every dollar you get. And take 10%, another dime of every dollar, and give that to the church. 
by way of call it an offering, call it a tithe, whatever you want to call it. Save 10%, give God 10%, and then do life with 80%. We, Diana and I, have been practicing that. And through the years, God has just kept multiplying, 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 so that we're able now to financially give to help others. Where did I get that from? Because the Bible talks about saving. The Bible talks about tithing. And the Bible talks about being frugal with your money. When you look at who you're following, I hope you're following the good shepherd. Because the good shepherd's not going to lead you down a bad path. The good shepherd's going to lead you down a path that is good, not bad. As you walk your path, look around at the people you're following. Are they trustworthy? If they're not, don't follow them. If they're lying, don't believe them. Jesus Christ doesn't lie. Get behind him. He will never, ever let you down. Trust him. Back to Roger Walker. The disabilities, dad. Our church is going to call him. And I have a suspicion that he's going to say, Roger, can our church help another family financially? What should we do? I think we should help. I think we should help. How will we help? I don't know. But I think we should help. I encourage every one of you, as you live your life, make sure you're following the good shepherd because then you will be able to help others and have life abundantly. Perfect? No. If I had time today to tell you all the abuses that I've had against me, if I focus on the abuses, I'll become miserable. I'll become bitter. You focus on the good that's around you. Don't focus on the bad. Let God take care of the injustices. He's the good shepherd. He's got that staff out there that leads the way. He'll take care of people. He'll take care of revenge. He'll take care of justice. And he'll protect you every step of the way. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, please. God, I thank you for Richard Walker. I don't know who the friend is that needs help. But God, teach us to help one another just as the good shepherd helps us. And I personally want to say thank you for Jesus being my shepherd. And he knows my name. And when I think he's not there, he's really there. And he's leading, and he guides me, and he challenges, and he rebukes, and moves me to pasture. And life is really good when I stay behind Jesus. I'm far better off. With every head bowed, can I pray for anyone today? 
And I pray for you that you would be discerning of who you're following, who you're listening to. And I pray for you that you would be a, a good leader of others, whether that be as a mom or a dad or a friend or neighbor or boss at work or pastor, church leader, that you would get behind the good shepherd because the good shepherd always leads the best. Every head bowed. Can I pray for you? Just lift up a hand. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. With every head bowed, Jesus died on a cross. He's that good. For your sins, for my sins, death, burial, and resurrection to pay for the punishment of my sins, your sins. And he says, believe. Believe sincerely. Not like the demons, but believe sincerely that he is the Son of God, that he is I am. God, may each one of us understand what that means in a very personal way. With every head bowed, do you believe Jesus is God? That he died for you, that he knows you by name? He took the punishment for your sins. Do you believe? With your head bowed, if you've never told God you believe, would you do it right now for the first time? Something like this. Have this talk with God. God, I don't understand it all. There's much I don't understand. But I believe Jesus is the good shepherd. I believe he's God. I believe he was crucified, buried, and resurrected for me. He took the punishment. And by faith, by grace, I believe what Jesus did on my behalf. And I'm believing. I'm trusting. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. That I am forgiven. And I'm going to need the Good Shepherd every day of my life. And I'm going to need His protection and discernment constantly. I believe God, I've never told you that I believe in your son. I believe. With every head bowed, if you had that talk with God just now, would you just simply raise a hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Anybody else? Just lift up the hand once. Thank you. God, may Jesus Christ be elevated. May we as sheep follow and not try to get ahead of the good shepherd. May we allow him to protect us. And may we always be vigilant against the thieves and the muggers and the robbers. We say thanks in Jesus' name. All God's people said. Would you stand with me for just a moment? Uh, before you leave, let me make a couple of quick announcements. So there's about uh, five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten uh, tags on the angel tree out here in the lobby. On your way out, if you can pick up one of those, that would be great. The ushers are at the door in terms of our offering. Uh, thank you very much for your faithfulness to God. You're dismissed. Blessings on you.